Reading today from the 61st chapter of Isaiah, this will sound familiar to you. First four verses in the 8th and through the 11th. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes. all of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of faint faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastation. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, as the garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And from the Gospel of John, in the first chapter, you know the opening well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then we go on to verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. 
Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor a prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water. Now, get this. Among you stands one whom you do not know. The one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptized. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a kid, the only really decent movie about the life of Jesus was called Jesus of Nazareth. Do you all remember that film? It was very popular. It ran every Christmas and every Easter at least. And the guy in it that played Jesus was named Robert Powell. He, if you look at his movie credits, did very little else than play Jesus in that one movie. He believed it was the role of a lifetime. He probably was right. If you watch that movie carefully, cinematically you will notice some things that are very interesting because any time that Jesus does anything of note, the camera focuses in on him very tightly. The look on his face is always very intense. Sometimes there's very kind of deep and attention-giving music in the background. Often the lighting changes so that there's a glow to Jesus. It's all done to say, hey, you, pay attention to what Jesus is doing. This is the guy here. This is the one you're supposed to be making note of. You know, even when I was a kid, that film bothered me. And as I grew to be an adult and I watched it again and again, because, you know, it's on every Christmas and every Easter, you watch it all the time, it finally dawned on me what bothered me so much. It's the lack of realism. See, I don't think that Jesus really walked around, you know, his feet barely touching the ground, with a nice halo on his head, People saw him and immediately were drawn to him. The camera closed in close to him because we knew that every word he was going to say was going to be of significance and we needed to know exactly what it was. 
doesn't make any sense to me. If Jesus was that kind of guy, why was there ever anybody who didn't follow him? Why were the Pharisees sending people to John saying, hey, what's going on here? Wouldn't they have been smart enough to know that the guy who the camera is on and the light is on and has great background music following him everywhere he goes is the one we're supposed to be paying attention to? These people weren't stupid. They'd spent their whole lives studying about the Messiah, learning from the prophets, understanding that this was the pinnacle of their religion, the one that they had waited for literally for millennia. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And you know what? I have read this text from today probably hundreds of times in my life, at least a hundred times in my life, and never before have I noticed this part of the text. Please make sure that I find it. Where they're questioning John about his identity, and he says this, not only about their identity, but about Jesus' identity. He says, Among you stands one whom you don't know. John stands among the most learned, the most intelligent, the most revered the best religious people of his day and he says you don't know him this is different than when peter you know peter is confronted in the courtyard as jesus is being tried and three times he says i don't know him peter was scared out of his mind He was afraid he was going to be killed like Jesus was about to be. So he lied. That's not what John's saying. John's saying, you don't get it, y'all. Get with the program. You've missed it. John stands saying, and I'm telling you, He's coming. He's coming. One whom you do not know. You know people who do not know Jesus. You even know people who do not want to know Jesus. Jesus has let them down. Because they prayed and their mother died anyway. Jesus has not done for them what they want. Jesus does not work miracles for them like he did in the old days. Jesus 
Jesus hasn't healed their illness or quelled their loneliness or changed their life in some remarkable way. So let me say to those people, hey y'all, you missed it. It's because you don't know him. See, John, John is saying to the Pharisees, that thing that you miss, dear ones, no matter how smart you are, no matter how in touch you may think you are, if you have not formed a relationship with Jesus, you don't know him. You don't know him. You know what we do as mainline Protestants if somebody comes to us and says, I'm really struggling. I want to I know more about Jesus. I don't feel connected to God. I, I need to have a better sense of religion. So many times we'll say, they say one of two things. They'll say, here, here's a book you can read. Or, and this is my favorite, they'll say, hey, you can go talk to my pastor. And it's okay for them to come and talk to me. I'll talk to anybody, you know me. But you know Jesus. John wasn't working hard in the desert. John was doing what God had called him to do. John was just saying, hey, this is my friend. I know all about him. Let me tell you. And our world is full of people who say, I don't know him. I don't want to know him. And do we look at them with judgment? Anger? Disgust? Maybe even fear? Because they point out something about ourselves and our God that we don't want to know? Or do we look at them with the heart of God. Saying to them in the same way that we would say, hey, meet my friend. Hey, meet my Jesus. The thing that John says is so profound because he says, among you stands one whom you don't know. This is not someone who wants to be a stranger to us. This is someone who's right here reaching out to us saying all you have to do is say hello Jesus. I want to know you. 
John's witness always points to Jesus, not to himself, not to those around him, to Jesus. There is a story about a man in New York City named Robert McGrimsey. He left a Christmas Eve service on a cold night in 1932 in the midst of the Great Depression, making his way to his one-room apartment. He passed by the open doors of a private club where the Christmas revelers inside were shouting and swearing and partying, living it up. And some of the lighter weights were even passed out drunk on the sidewalk outside. He returned home stunned at how folks celebrated the birth of the Christ, the one he understood to be the most perfect person who ever lived. We seem to have missed the whole significance of his life, he thought. So that night, McGrimsey pulled out an envelope and wrote a song called Sweet Little Jesus Boy as a wholehearted apology for not recognizing the Christ child when he came to earth. Do you get it? You see Jesus here? Do you know the one who stands among you? Sweet little Jesus boy, born in a manger. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. Long time ago, it seems, you were born, born in a manger, Lord. Sweet little Jesus boy. Didn't know you'd come to save us all, to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind, we did not see. We didn't know who you were. Beloved, open your eyes and see the one who is among you, the Christ of God living in your midst. Thanks be to God. Amen.